Prime Minister Trudeau says Canada is, quote, a bit concerned about U.S. President Biden's proposed EV tax credit for American-built electric vehicles. Prime Minister Trudeau says that he plans to have a conversation with President Biden about it. And for more on this issue, let's welcome in the host of the EV Revolution show. Here's our friend Kenneth Bocour, who joins us now here on Global News Radio. Kenneth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. Always a pleasure, sir. All right. Appreciate it as well. Uh, Tell us a bit about uh, what uh, is the plan, President Biden's uh, plan. What exactly is this tax credit for American-built electric vehicles, and why is the Prime Minister concerned? Well, it's uh, to stimulate the American economy on that infrastructure bill that just got signed into law. And part of that bill is an EV tax credit. There has been an existing U.S. tax credit for some time. But for some uh, manufacturers like Tesla and GM, it's actually run out because they've sold more vehicles than that tax credit has allowed for. So there's a couple things on that bill. They want to extend the, tr- the, tax, the tax credit for more vehicles and then also add a, a kicker incentive for an additional, I believe it's uh, $2,500 or $4,500 now, I forget, that if you're buying American-made cars with uh, built-in union plants, because uh, President Biden's really trying to push that whole made in America and the unionized workforce, you'll get an extended rebate of uh, uh, additional dollar amounts for those kind of vehicles. And this obviously concerns the prime minister and should concern the Canadian auto industry, because obviously there's going to be a huge incentive there to uh, build these EV vehicles uh, in America. Does this even mean... You know, let's say the batteries are produced here in Canada and then are shipped to Michigan or, or elsewhere. It can definitely affect the supply chain um, because they're trying to get more made in America components. However, the batteries are globally sourced and a lot of the larger OEMs have partnerships with some of the major leading battery providers like Panasonic, CATL, SDI, LG Energy and so forth, where they'll co-assemble plants. Uh, so as an example, they may have a plant to Tennessee and right next door, there's another building where batteries are made and then they'll just get uh, dropped into the vehicles on the assembly line. So they have these partnerships in place. It definitely could impact the Canadian auto sector from a part supply perspective. And of course, Ontario, as an example, builds we manufacture about a million four vehicles a year. And uh, I know we want to move to more to EVs and don't know the impact on that. All right. And uh, how well positioned is Canada when it comes to EVs and uh, keeping uh, jobs uh, here? Are are we uh, positioned? uh, Well, I know that uh, there was a talk uh, yesterday that uh, the Ontario government in particular, Kenneth, was staking its claim to compete for future auto sector uh, jobs and investments. I mean, again, how well positioned are we when it comes to the EV market moving forward? Yeah, the provincial announcement, gee, there must be an election next year, I would have guessed. Yeah, all these things are starting to come out. It's a little late, but I'm glad that they're they're thinking about it. Uh, we are behind the eight ball, to be honest with you, from an EV leadership. We, we This is an opportunity for Canada to really step up and take a role. And as I mentioned, Ontario is the auto manufacturing capital of Canada, uh, produces over a million four uh, vehicles per year from five of the major vendors, uh, top vendors, you know, including Toyota and others that are built here in Ontario. So we have a leadership role, and this is a great opportunity for us to continue that, to start uh, building EVs at scale to help these uh, automakers out. But, you know, we need government uh, um, help. The, the OEMs need that. We need business cases. We need supply chains inked. And that's part of what this provincial uh, policy platform is indicating is that they want to bridge the gaps on the supply chain, get the northern mining companies talking to the southern manufacturers here in Ontario, as an example, 
uh, tool, train, offer all kinds of incentives for workforce to retrain themselves in the EV manufacturing and the technology surrounding that and the entire supply chain, in fact. Not only jobs, but are we also behind the curve, Kenneth, when it comes to incentives? You were just talking a moment ago about the incentives available to uh, Americans when it comes to purchasing EV vehicles and American-built EV vehicles. The incentives uh, here in Ontario and in Canada, do they pale in comparison to what's going on south of the border? They absolutely do. You know, Ontario was in a leadership role for Canada sales and adoption of electric vehicles until September of 2018. And that's when the Ford government axed the rebate incentive that was out there. It was up to $14,000 off the price of an electric vehicle. Unfortunately, um, uh, uh, Ford, uh, Premier Ford, you know, had this take that he didn't want to supply rich people with additional (laughs) incentives because they're buying Teslas, which is really far beyond what what the program was offering. You know, it did have a ceiling cap. It was more for the mid-level. And we know that EVs cost more than internal combustion vehicles today. So we do need an incentive to help close that upfront cost price gap. Uh, There is talk a little bit about potentially bringing incentives back in this new portfolio, new new policy announcement, but there is no commitment there. And I'd be a little skeptical about them actually bringing money back for rebates here in Ontario. I know they're talking about driving 400,000 vehicles to be built in Ontario between now and 2030. I find that kind of low. Again, we're building a million four vehicles a year. Why only 400,000 over seven years is a little bit misleading. I don't know. Because uh, the EV market, it's about to explode. Uh, I was actually thinking of you yesterday. I was watching some of the uh, coverage. Uh, President Biden was in uh, Michigan, I believe, at one of the big three uh, auto plants. And there was a lot of talk about, uh, you know, Ford and General Motors, uh, Kenneth, and I'm sure you're well aware of this. I mean, they're looking uh, in the not too distant future to having their entire fleets uh, electric. Like uh, we're talking 95 percent, 100 percent of the cars that they're manufacturing and making inside the next five, seven years. It's going to be all electric. Exactly. GM's committed, I believe, to a 2035 policy where they will not build any more internal combustion vehicles after that time frame. They are leading in that policy of all the automakers. Yeah, President Biden was down at the GM uh, plant where they're building now. It's been converted from internal combustion to, to an all-electric. It's called their Factory Zero outside of Detroit. And it's only going to build electric vehicles. The Hummers, uh, and again, the irony is, is there. Uh, we're seeing an all-electric Hummer now, the GMC Silverado, and some other vehicles. So it's a big deal for these automakers to, um, to be retooling. They've spent billions of dollars to retool plants and to outfit themselves for EVs. Um, if people are still thinking that EVs are not there, they need to really kind of give themselves a shake because this is now mainstream and it's only continued to grow. We may see 10% EV adoption in Canada by the time the dust settles. And we may see that number globally as well, which would be almost a doubling effect uh, from last year. Yeah. Would you say that this is moving at a uh, quicker pace, a more rapid pace than even you thought? I mean, it seems like uh, really the adoption by some of these bigger uh, auto manufacturers to EVs. I mean, this is at uh, light uh, light speed. It is very quick. I, I don't think it's faster than I would have thought. This stuff does take time. It takes money and, and years to retool plants hook up supply chains, get new models. You know, I think we talked about this on a previous show where it's about five years from paper to out the door of an assembly line for a new vehicle design on average. So it does take some time. These guys are all behind people like Tesla who have been building all electrics 
for over a dozen years now. That's all they do. So they're catching up, but they are pouring a lot of money and effort and it is scaling up. Will it double every year? Probably not because we are still going to be hampered by the supply chain shortages, the chip shortages, the logistics shortages, the parts. That's still going to trickle on for probably well into 2022. And I'm hearing some analysts predicting to 2023. So availability of, of being able to actually get vehicles out the door that you can put on lots to sell may still be a struggle for a lot of the big OEMs. Okay, I only got about 30, 40 seconds here, but do you believe the decision makers, the politicians, the union leaders, uh, are, are we poised? Uh, are we in a good situation here? Or is there a lot of work uh, to be done still when it comes to uh, EVs, making sure that uh, there is a supply there, that we're incentivized to buy them in this country and that the jobs uh, will be here? There's still some work. The, the good thing is that discussions are going. I, I uh, had a call with a Unifor a few months ago. They're all on board, ready and willing to get their workforce trained in, into the EV sector. Same with uh, APMA, the parts guys, all their, their uh, uh, people involved in that are ready. We just need to get the policies in place. And Ontario is behind, but hopefully this is an opportunity for us to catch up. All right, Kenneth, appreciate your expertise as always in your time. Thanks so much. Thank you. Kenneth Bocour is host of the EV Revolution Show, which you can find on YouTube. And that does it for our show. Thanks for your time. As always, I'm Jeff MacArthur. See you on the morning show on Global Television. And keep it right here on Global News Radio. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone. Like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.